Hey, y'all. So again, it's your girl, Ariana Zaire Cotton, um, here with another episode of Software, episode 15. Um, if you're tuning in from YouTube or tuning in via YouTube, um, you will see that your girl has a fresh buzz cut. Um, and I'm feeling so, so good on this Friday. Uh, on Wednesday, I celebrated my birthday, uh, which I talk a little bit about in, in Monday's newsletter. So you'll hear a little bit about that in this episode. But um, I celebrated a birthday on Wednesday and was like, wanted to give myself this gift of this shaved head. It's something I've been thinking about a lot. Um, all throughout my 20s, I probably shaved my head three times. So this would be like my fourth. And I really do feel like this is like my, <laughs> this is like my final and, and truest form. Um, so it feels really, really good um, to return to this. And I, you know, I turned the big 3-0 this past Wednesday. So I feel like I'm like moving into like Ayana 3.0. And I've been telling folks, you know, like it's another decade of shape shifting and um, kind of like choosing to orbit or celebrating this orbit by by shaving my head and really um, stepping into what feels like my 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 the, the truest aesthetic version of myself, the truest like most. I feel like I have the most gender euphoria when I shave my head. Um, and I've been feeling a lot of that this week. So I am like coming to y'all from a very, very cozy, right? Like that Beyonce song. I'm coming to y'all from like a very cozy place. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge how I'm coming to the, com coming to, coming to this space today, right here, right now. That's what's going on with me. Um, what else? What else this week? I, yeah, I, the birthday was the biggest thing. I got to, I got to bring it in with um, family and friends over some crabs and beer and uh, champagne and birthday cake. Um, so it was a very, very Maryland birthday for a very, very Maryland girl. Um, but this week on Monday, um, I released or wrote a newsletter. Uh, titled The Ecosystem of Creative Practice. Um, it's also kind of the, the title of this podcast. And I hinted a I hinted to this like concept or theme a little bit in last week's episode, but I I have been thinking a lot about um how I want to show up publicly um how, how I want to show up in like the public side of my practice, which is the teaching practice, the learning alongside other practice, um, the Black feminist pedagogical practice that is CETA school. Um, but then how I also um, strike this like, you know, continual balance. And of course, this is going to be changing over time. But I've also been thinking a lot about, okay, how do I balance my private practices that keep me whole, right? That allow me to show up in, in spaces where I'm being called to teach and 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 um and offer an exchange uh like 
how do I also make space for those practices? And those practices are like my painting and my printmaking practice, right? They are um, my ceramic, my clay carving practice where I take a form of clay and I carve it with different tools and create different vessels, right? Um, and then also something that's been the most top of mind is my homemaking practice. Um, as y'all may know, if you've been kind of following this journey in 2021, I moved to John, Virginia um, on to land and kind of property that's been um, in my family for four generations. And um, I moved to this space, you know, really thinking like having all of these grand ideas. I'm like, I'm going to reinstate my grandfather's farm. And, um, you know, I, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to re like wake up my great grandmother's, um, flower garden and do all, and do all these things. And, you know, as with everything, I'm realizing it's going to take longer. It's going to take longer than I originally anticipated. So, um, this homemaking practice is something that um, I'm wanting to prioritize. And I've been teaching for about five years now. I mean, I started teaching in 2018. So, and in those five years, y'all may have heard my story about like how I was teaching um, in a boot camp and got completely, completely, completely burnt out for a variety of reasons. And one of them being that I wasn't like properly tending to my practices outside of teaching um, and my practices outside of software engineering. Um, so I, I really want to be cognizant and mindful of that. And um, through that, I, I've been kind of really reflecting on the ecosystem of my creative practice and how I can um, create po pockets of ease for both the public work and, and the private work. Um, and in talking about this, there's talking about this is reminding me of this Sojourner Truth quote. Um, I sell the shadow to support the substance. Um, and I think about that quote so much. I think about it specifically. At first, I was really thinking about it in the context of zines and um, kind of as I was experimenting with Cedar Press as like the impetus or the seed of Cedar School. Um, like engaging with community through printmaking and through the press before actually starting the school. That was a quote that was swirling around, like, you know, in what ways um, is maybe the printed matter or the software that we develop and engage with the shadow that supports this other work, right? That supports this, this substance, the substantive work, which is us, practicing the world that we that we are you know essentially performing into being with each other the world that we are rehearsing together right that's always been the substance for me um and so i'm also thinking about how the ecosystem are of our creative practice and what you'll hear me hear me refer to as mycelial media how those things can actually kind of just be shadows or um, um, like these public outputs for the substantive work, which is us thinking, suffering, grieving, learning, performing um, the world we need 
together. So I don't know if all that makes sense, but I'm going to go ahead and get into this newsletter and I'll continuing elaborating throughout. I'll continue elaborating throughout the episode and we'll see where we land. So this week's newsletter, this week's podcast episode is the ecosystem of creative practice subtitle mycelial media stewardship and its containers. Um, so let's start then. On Wednesday, I dive into 30. So this was last Wednesday. I dived into 30, my third decade of being here, here, here. Thank God I'm here. Here at the altar of my keyboard inside another day of work and swimming inside gratitude with this body that somehow learned to breathe underwater. Somehow I carved out breath inside the wake and some days I get all esoteric about it. I invoke divine will and say something completely abstract. But today that doesn't feel right. Today I feel like naming. In September, I have plans to go on a writer's retreat in Northern California to start writing a book naming all the reasons and ways I was able to carve out breath inside the wake as a Black girl who grew up online. But today I'll talk about the house in Dawn, Virginia that became my oxygen mask in 2021. A house once owned by my grand uncle Kay that I now rent from his oldest sister, my grand aunt Harriet. A house surrounded by people and plants who know your name only because they know your mama's name and her mama's name and their mama's name. A house held by trees facing land that my great-grandfather farmed to feed generations. Land my great-grandmother tended to, bending time with beauty through her flower garden. Tucked in between the ancestral lands of the Matapani and the Yatanan, this land has been owned, in air quotes, right, by my family for four generations and worked by my family since the beginning of Virginia's slave trade. The way this haunted hummus is healing me is a reality I'm still working out. A reality inviting me to slow down and take notes inside the classroom of the forest. What lessons are here that will allow me to carve out breath inside my creative practice? When I think about the practice I'm most committed to, the practice that feels the most pleasurable, sustainable, transportable, and emergent, I think about my writing practice. It's the practice that keeps me stretchy, accountable, and curious. It, satisfy, it satisfies the parts of me that longs for improvisation and craves systems. Like my house, my writing practice is also how I carve out breath inside the wake. When reflecting on the last decade of my creative practice, there was so, so, so much energy devoted to the birthing of the idea or the birthing of an idea, the labor it took to get it from head and heart into our material reality. This looked like 
hours, days, weeks, months of photo shoots and drafting book layouts for the magazine I created in 2015, uplifting the art, politics, and culture in the DC metro area. It also looked like designing, sewing, and fulfilling orders for the clothing line I started in 2017 or hosting a series of community events for my fashion startup I created on my college campus in 2013, where folks could swap their used clothes for virtual currency unique to the platform. The thing is, entrepreneurship has been a core part of my creative practice for a decade. And if I study closely, I notice all of the energy and attention I put into the launching of an idea often left zero breath for the stewardship of the idea. <sighs> On Wednesday, I dived into 30. My third decade of being here, here, here. Thank God I'm here. Here inside the creative practice of my dreams, inside the private practice of leather painting clay carving, and homemaking, and the public practice of writing and teaching at CETA School, where I care more about stewardship than the big reveal. How will I spend the next decade showing up and stewarding these ideas? It's impossible to know for sure, but I'm confident it will have something to do with writing. And last week's newsletter, uh, last week's newsletter was the was about the life-saving educational media that we create, which can so often be confused for content, right? But no, the engaged pedagogy we're practicing in our educational media actually centers imagination, mutual aid, and care. To call it content, quote unquote, flattens its intention and undermines its liberatory possibility. When I think about the next decade of my creative practice and how I imagine making room for my breath, I want to continue to move away from content creation and launches, right? And move toward mycelial media and stewardship where my writing practice is the mother tree. So experimenting with my public creative practice as an ecosystem, this is how I'm currently showing up. And I and I touched on this a little bit in the last episode, but what this looks like currently, what the ecosystem of creative practice, my public creative practice anyway, looks like is I want to commit to publishing a weekly newsletter, right? I really want to commit to, to rooting and grounding in my writing practice and that being the mother tree for, for everything else, right? Um, very similar to how the CETA school, like the CETA school <laughs> project really was birthed out of this speculative fiction project that I wrote while in a creative biotechnology residency. I wrote this speculative fiction uh, story book data experiment novella um, called Psychofa. And I self-published that. And right now it's like every student inside of CETA school gets this book um, after they enroll. And it is a book where there are two main characters. There is 
the bald cypress tree, the 2,600-year-old ancient bald cypress tree named Sai. Um, and they are like hosting the data um, of this community called Saikofa. Um, they're hosting the data um, of this community in the DNA, uh, in, in, in the tree's DNA. The data is encoded in the tree's DNA. So, right, it's like, the, it's it's really combining this technology that we can actually encode data into the DNA of plant life and also combining it with this um, this ancestral knowledge and scientific knowledge that we know that like, you know, there are certain very established ancient trees that kind of act as quote unquote mother trees um, or, or like quote unquote caretaking trees that are connected uh, to the rest of the forest through like this mycelial network of, of mutual aid and, 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 and care. Um, so there's that character, there's Sai, the ancient bald cypress tree that is like a stand in for so many metaphors. And then there is um, Sita, who is this like non-binary, um, iconic, dark-skinned uh, biotechnologist who is, you know, a worker inside this community. Um, they discover some data seeping in. They discover some data in the DNA of um, of Psy that is kind of coming from our world and they and they go through a whole journey trying to figure out um, kind of what to do with that data and what it means um, and what how to contend with this access to our world, right? Because they're in this parallel universe. Um, but anyway, so the name Sita, Sita School came out of a character. It's like the, it's like the, 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 um, a temporal or timeless legacy of this ancestor um, from this parallel universe. And that's who the school is named after. So my writing practice has been um, the mother tree in so many ways for, for, my, for my public practice. And I want to continue with that through publishing a weekly newsletter and then publishing a podcast, like reading and elaborating on that weekly newsletter, which is currently what I'm doing right now. And then also publishing a video of me reading that newsletter, which is going to double as the podcast audio. So if you're listening on the podcast app, um, this there's also a video recording of this published to YouTube. And if you're listening and you want to actually refer to the newsletter, you can do that at cedaschool.substack.com. Um, <laughs> and... Yeah, if you're also someone who's like, I want to engage with your written work, but I I'm not like a reader. I you know I, that's not how I like to engage with um with work. I like to do it through audio or visual means. Uh, you have options to do that as well. So those are like the three ways in which I'm currently experimenting with showing up inside of the ecosystem of my creative practice. Um, and in the newsletter, I go on to thank folks for subscribing to the newsletter, right? And I say, I want to also invite you to subscribe to both our podcast and brand new YouTube channel. These days, I'm thinking less about generating and sharing new ideas and more about how I can sustainably continue tending to the same central idea, how Black feminism might inform our freedom dreams. 
I hope you'll join me in this mycelia me, mycelial media experiment where I steward the, steward the ecosystem of my creative practice through a Black feminist commitment to honoring the pace of my body, the value of my pleasure, and the shape of my breath. Thank God I am here. Right? Thank God we have made it here on the other side of this like incessant, incessant, incessant pace of newness, of launching, of um, excitement, of revealing, of press releases about the, uh, the, the new and latest thing. Um, what does it look like to steward one central idea? I um, took teaching and learning as a primitive hypertext through the School of Poetic Computation uh, this year. And it was taught by both Camila Janan Rashid and Elizabeth Perez. And in the class, Camila talked a lot about, okay, in academia there, or in just any sort of like learning journey, there can be this um, um, this pressure or this kind of like um, insistence or quiet understanding that your intelligence or like you're you're really learning or you're really consuming information if you're like reading a whole bunch of textual information or, or you know it's about how many books you read it's about how prolific you are a, of a reader or a writer and. And they brought up this idea of like, what if we were able to spend, instead of spending a, a whole semester on a whole bunch of different resources, a whole bunch of different texts, a whole bunch of different books, what if we spent a semester, a year, five years, 10 years on one text, on one book of peeling and peeling and peeling and morphing and 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 digging into the layers of like one central text. And I got so excited by that thought, right? The book that immediately came to mind that I would love to spend 10 years with um, is Wayward Lies, Beautiful Experiments by Sadia Hartman, right? And that was something that first came to mind. But in the last couple of weeks, I kind of thought, okay, what does it look like to spend a decade tending to and stewarding one simple question with others, right? And it's about this idea of, right, how Black feminism might inform our freedom dreams, how Black feminism provides a framework for rehearsing the world in which we need Right, how there's there's some sort of score that Black feminism, some sort of container that Black feminism allows us to improvise within, that kind of like uh, gives us some like choreography, right, to experiment with together. What if I could just like stay with that question for a decade um, and explore that through CETA school, right? Explore that through the shadow of software. And, and and publishing zines as textbooks through Cedar Press. Like what if we could continue in our practice with one central research question for an entire 
decade and just kind of show up in whatever cadence we want, whether it's a week, whether it's a month, whether it's every quarter, and show up with maybe just some new developments of this central question, right? So that's what I'm doing through my weekly newsletter. Every week, I want to show up with possibly a different response, a different way in, not necessarily, right? It's called a newsletter, not necessarily a new thought or a new idea, but this continual tending and stewardship of this, like this one central question about how black feminism provides the framework for the world we might need and we're already practicing right now in this very moment, right? I think in 2020, we talked a lot about futurism in that moment that we were in because, the current moment seemed so hard. And I think, you know, with Afrofuturism, there's always been this kind of like um, legacy of looking to the future. But I think what we're also now settling into as a creative community and intellectual community and scholarship community and um, like somatic community is like, how can we actually enjoy the, the, the fruits of our values in this current moment with each other. And I do believe Black feminism um, offers a seed of that. So like uh, it, offer, it, and it, and it offers like an infinite amount of entry points um, into this idea. So I'm like, what if every single newsletter, what if my writing practice is just finding new entry points <laughs> into, into the current moment of how we, how we rehearse the world we need? Right, right, right. Right, right, right. Now, 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 here, 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 in this very, very, very moment, moment, moment. Um, I'm super excited about playing with this idea of mycelial media with the different containers being a podcast and a YouTube channel and the mother tree being my writing practice, right? And then that mother tree also it's showing up as zines. Um, and other printed matter that I get to share with C to school learners. But um, I'd love to hear from you. Like, how are you um, going to possibly take this idea forward if it's something that's intriguing to you? Um, the question for you might be like, what's the mother tree of your creative practice, right? What's the one modality of sharing that you feel um that you feel is like transferable across your transdisciplinary practice. So maybe um, you're a musician and you're playing with sound, but that sound then shows up in images, right? Thinking about um, listening to images, Tina Camp's work, right? You may be then starting to think about, okay, how can I share photography as a way of um, invoking some sort of sound? Um, or how do I think about sound in my in my somatic practice? And is there some sort of like um score, right? Like what is what is what is my sound then sound like in the in the written way? Like if I was listening to my body this week and I was to write some sort of notes or some somatic score, what would that look like on paper? Um, like right, like what what is like the mother tree of your practice? This this like this core core way of expression that literally just kind of flows out of your body and feels like your breath. And then what are some of the other like tentacles that can, whatever, what other sort of media can, can extend from that? That's been a very um, 
exciting place to practice for me. Um, and it also then becomes like this sort of like um, pedagogical network that you then, that we then get to share with others and through sharing, we're doing some sort of like teaching and learning um, call and response uh, feedback loop, right? Because that's the point of this. Like I said earlier, the point of this, um, the point of our creative ecosystem really is about producing content, right? It's about um, this dance of teaching and learning. It's about this idea of, um, of studying together to invoke um, Fred Moten and um, Stefano Harney, right? It's this idea of how do we study together to currently perform, like to, to perform and rehearse the world we need right now um, through the creative e ecosystem of our practice and through mycelia media. I mean, through mycelia media feels like a really good and fun way to do that. So that is this week's episode. That is this week's newsletter, um, whether you're tuning in through the podcast app or through the YouTube channel. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you um, for listening and learning alongside me. Uh, I'll be back next week on Monday with another newsletter, right? Continuing to um, dig in and peel back the layers of this open question, how Black feminism might inform our freedom dreams. I'd love to hear from you. Um, send me an email at info at cdschool.com on how are you how are you thinking about this mycelial media practice? What's the mother tree of your creative practice? And and what other forms of creative expression and sharing might stem from that mother tree? All right, y'all. I will see you next week. Have a beautiful, beautiful weekend. Um, and however you're showing up. Remember to tend to your breath first. All right. See you next week. Bye.